Our scriptures this morning seem a little judgy. I mean, they're coming in real hot, especially the gospel. No pun intended. But like any good parent, grandparent, or person who has a young one that they care about, you know that our warnings and advice, regardless of how heavy-handed or annoying they may seem, always come from a place of love, right? Don't forget to wear sunscreen, put on your seatbelts, eat your vegetables. The prophet Amos, Paul, and Jesus were all sending love, albeit unsolicited, to those who would hear. Warnings like this are a part of love, not the opposite of it. Only the neglected go through life without guidance. One that is not cherished is not given instruction. I would say one that is not cherished is not given more instruction than they ever want to hear. It's part of our belovedness. It's part of who we are as children of God. I think we see it most dramatically in the letter from Paul to Timothy. We know that Timothy was like a son to Paul, and Paul loved him so, so much. So these words, they were just like instructions and encouragements, uh, things that he didn't think to tell him before, that he wants to make sure that he doesn't fall into the pitfalls, something to guide him along the way, something along the lines of wear your seatbelt and sunscreen. But they are all common in one refrain, right? All of these messages, they all speak to one thing, greed. Each one has a dire warning against the love of money and material things. I don't think that it can get any more dire than saying it's the root of all evil. That's huge, right? And then, and then comparing it to being in Hades, wanting just the drip of water on one's tongue. I think that as people, we, we tend to like think about bad things and sin and stuff in sort of a different way. We like to think of like, okay, nobody lied, nobody got hurt, there was no, nobody got murdered, all crime and so forth for sins. But we forget that sins like neglecting to do the good that we have been given to do is our call. Or judging others. Or greed and the love of money and things. So these texts remind us and reorient us to the root of all evil, the love of money. In the first century, much like now, everybody looked at those who are wealthy and assumed that they were good people. And in the first century, it went beyond that, right? You could only be rich if, you, if God had blessed you, and therefore you must be one of God's favorites you're rich. So not only were you rich, but you were also holy in some way. Today we look at it like, wow, they must be a hard worker or they're so smart. But regardless, we all normally think very well of someone who is rich. But our text this morning push against that a little bit. There's nothing wrong with being rich in and of itself, but it warns against the slippery slope of material wealth. They give us examples of ways that people have gotten caught up into the acquisition of more rather than the pursuit of love. So let's be clear this morning in church where we can tell the truth to each other. Anytime we value our own comfort over the needs of others, we are living outside our gospel mandate. 
We are responsible for the excess that we have been given. We are responsible to give to those in need, to resist greed, to nourish the world. We are not given blessings to hoard them. That's the way blessings are supposed to work, right? They multiply in the giving. It's not a true blessing if we don't allow it to overflow it with others. And this is not just a run-of-the-mill warning. This is life or death. And it's crazy living in a capitalist culture, right? All of us, when we drive home, we'll see maybe 10 billboards telling us of things that we should buy to make us happy. It's all around us, all the time. And yet, the scriptures, the Holy Spirit beckons us into something different. I love the way Paul puts it in his letter to Timothy. He states that when one prioritizes love and service, they gain the only life that is real. Isn't that beautiful? The only life that is, that is real. That's the last phrase that Cecile read this morning. So much that competes for our attention is fake. As a matter of fact, you will not be made whole by that new car. You are not going to have more friends just because you drink Tito's vodka or tequila or whatever that is. The pageantry of vanity on social media makes us yearn for things we don't need. We see lies displayed as perfection and we feel shame when we compare ourselves with others. When God made each of us in God's own image. This week I have been contemplating mortality a lot. There's no way we couldn't after burying a beloved son of this church at only 32 years of age on Friday. None of us knows the number of our days and how precious each one is. And being a good person does not guarantee a long life. Because if it did, Richie would be sitting here with his mom and sister this morning. So we must embrace the life that God gives us while we have time to do so. And resist the temptation to spend time and energy pursuing all of the things that do not serve us as children of God. Cars, clothes, houses, material possessions, the shape of our bodies, the accolades on our bookshelves, the names on our buildings, the zip codes we live in, the beach vacations, none of them factor into the only life that is real. That rich man, often Hades in Jesus' parable this morning, wishes he had known that. Oh, that he had had Paul to write him a letter, that he would have heeded the words of Moses and the prophets, that he would have paid attention and embraced God's truth. God invites us all to a new way. That's why Sarah and Abraham told the rich man that there would be no point in reaching out to his brothers with a message of impending doom if they did not listen to the grace that God had given through the prophets and Moses. If we are not drawn out of our gratitude for what we have been given, then we will never be convinced by the warnings of the dead. Our invitation this morning is a way of life that will bring us true happiness. And I love our kids. Wasn't that a beautiful children's sermon? They already get it. They already know. 
May we know, too, today. You are of sacred worth. Regardless of what your bank account says, and don't even look at your retirement account right now, y'all. Thank goodness we don't put our value in those things at times like this. But no thing can give you inner peace. You have been given all that you need for that. The imprint of God's self, the grace extended to you for free. Listen to the words of love this morning. God's grace is free, and it's all you'll ever need. Resist the culture that we swim in like an ocean that tells us lies about how to be happy and how to be successful and how to have worth, because only the grace and love of God can do that. Close your eyes and listen to sweet Evie saying, that's the thing that can't break. Embrace that, the thing that cannot break, and be led into a way of life, the life that is real. Amen. Let's stand together and sing 10,000 Reasons.